Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, uh, man, it's late February. Mm-hmm. We've just gone through Valentine's Day. We're getting ready to make that move into March here in the next, what, uh, gosh, it's a leap year. So now, what, 11 days away from technically meteorological spring starting. But I can't wait for chase season. I can't wait for storm season. This winter has been total crap for me in the Northwest. Same. Um, at least you got a little bit of snow. We flirted with it, but never got it. It was like the hot girl in high school who you flirted with thinking, <laughs> you know, I might actually get a date with her. And then, no, it didn't happen. So that I'm partially bummed about. But, hey, it's, uh, it's you know, we're so close. We're 11 days away away from spring, and I know that I just, I have that hankering, and you're going to laugh at me, but it hit me last night about 1230 in the morning after I got off work and I'm soaking my legs because I've (laughs) walked, you know, like 25 miles in two days, but I heard the master's theme, and I know we talk a little bit about golf on the show occasionally, and you're rolling your <laughs> eyes. I'm sure you are. But, no, never. Uh-huh. But I'm, I heard the Masters theme, and I, I'm fired up for spring now. So bring on golf. Bring on the storms. Bring on chase season. Let's make this happen. I know. I'm itching for it, too, especially because this winter has been so lame. You know, we only had that one day of snow. It hasn't even been super cold. It's just been average cold. But it'll be cold, warm, cold, warm, cold, warm, cold, warm. And so it just hasn't even been an interesting winter. So I'm super itching for spring, so much so that I have been pulling up old tornado coverage on YouTube and watching hours of it from May 3rd, 99, May 20th, 2013, May 31st, 2013, um, some other random dates that were pretty significant outbreaks um, with all various stations around here. So that's that just shows you how addicted I am. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a bad thing. Listen, there could be a lot of worse things that you could be addicted to. Uh, True. But, you know, storm chasing is not one of them. I highly, I actually, I highly endorse it. If you want to be addicted to something, be addicted to storm chasing um right because it's fantastic but you mentioned watching this coverage now i have a degree in tv production um i graduated with that degree in 2001 and between 2001 and 2020 which we sit there now and let's even go back because you said may 3rd 1999 by let's talk about how great the tv coverage was in 1999 how was that streaming how did the radar look Oh my gosh, the radar was so basic and so, I mean, I just, I can't even describe it, but it is, we are so spoiled now. I mean, you could see the storm, obviously, and it was still had the colors, the reds, yellows, and all that, but it just was so very, very basic, and I'm just like, I, I can't even believe it, but, you know, that's what they were working with, and there wasn't really good streaming from the chasers back to the station live. They had to do a lot of, like, taking pictures, sending it back. A lot of it was just them talking 
to the station and telling them what right. was going on. And I mean, we're just so spoiled now. I mean, once the the chopper got up in the air, that was different. Then there was a little bit better streaming directly back. But but wow, we are so spoiled now. But you know, I think it's good to go back and watch that and just see what we've learned. In, in all the things, technology, chasing, warning times, safety precautions, all of that. So I, I highly recommend going back on YouTube. And it's, they have different coverages. Like there's a lot of James Spann stuff that I saw. So if you want to watch his coverage when Alabama has their severe weather outbreaks, um, there's definitely all kinds. Of course, I'm just partial to what happens here in Oklahoma. But um, definitely something worth doing yeah and you know you mentioned the lack of technology right but you got to mm -hmm. remember 1999 into the early 2000s that technology did exist you had the ability to you know have a microwave link and you know that's what it is between uh, a remote camera and the station well you know until you actually got the advent of the helicopter you know, mm -hmm. it was still pretty basic. It was point to point. You take your microwave tower and you either shoot it at um, either in my case here in Portland, you shoot it at a tower on the West Hills or one of the other relay points at a high elevation point, And then it's fed back to the station and it's great. It's, you know, you can use multiple live shots and, you know, you have like me, I was a scanner junkie and you could listen to the you know booth talk about, OK, well, hey, you need to power up on remote one or power down or blah, blah, blah just so everybody, you know, could use the the live shot technology. And then helicopters came along, same type of premise. It's a live microwave transmission, um, and now you're looking at it from a helicopter. But, you know, you mentioned the chasers being on the phone and doing that. For my money as a guy that loves technology and a guy that really watches TV and wants to learn about that engineering aspect of it, what you guys have going on in Oklahoma City and what you have going on in Tulsa and in Dallas and in Houston, these places are pioneering technology for news, for weather, for any type of broadcast, and you guys are on the forefront of it. The fact that you guys in Oklahoma City and all of the stations, this applies to all of the stations, you guys have your own chasers, all of them have streaming high-definition cameras. Some of them are microwave-based. Some of them are over-the-air based on cell signal. But this is technology that's been pioneered in your market that has then spread out across the world. And that's really fantastic to see. So you guys are at the forefront of it. Um, you know, another good example of this is what we see at the NBC station in Dallas with the Storm Ranger truck. And they have it out in uh, Boston and in L.A. where it's a portable mobile Doppler radar. And they go to where the weather is because that's what you want to do. You want to put your radar mm -hmm. in the middle of where the weather is. And that's cool to see. And that technology has come from storm chasing and from trying to get a broadcast out of a crazy location. And, you know, people don't understand that this is how technology had to evolve. Um, I'd right. have, yeah. Out of necessity. Exactly. Out of necessity. And that's – and. You know, we have this severe weather go on all the time, and they needed clearer pictures, faster pictures, yep. video, better-looking radar, all of that to communicate to the public how serious things are. I mean, especially with 
had ever seen a tornado like that. So if there wasn't any picture or video at all, I don't think it would have conveyed the urgency as well. Agreed. As just it being described, you know, from somebody. Does that make sense? And so, I mean, there's that video from May 3rd, 99, when it's crossing 89th Street um, at I-35, which that's the line between Canadian County and Oklahoma County, is the most incredible video ever. I mean, there's fire from exploding transformers. There's horizontal vortexes coming out of the side of this tornado. There's unbelievable debris in the air. The sound is ridiculous. It is so, so scary. And this was, you know, 21 years ago or whatever. And I mean, definitely, definitely go back and watch especially old coverage and then watch new coverage because it'll just show you how we've progressed technologically right and you know as somebody that grew up in the northwest you know we don't see tornadoes of your magnitude but being the weather junkie that i am and then also getting to work for one of the best bosses in the world that i've ever had to work for um a woman named Teresa who grew up in Oklahoma. She grew up in the Oklahoma City metro area. And the first thing I asked her when I found out she grew up in that area, I was like, so tell me about May, May uh, 1999. And she just looked at me. She goes, how do you know that? I'm like, I'm a weather junkie. She goes, all right. She goes, yeah, that shit was real scary. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, my parents were kind of freaking out. Um, I obviously was freaking out. We weren't sure where my sister was. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, you see that stuff and, you know, people don't realize that. When you get pictures like that, it's, you know, transmitted throughout the world. People see that. And, you know, you mentioned that piece of video right there. Again, I didn't see it happen live, but I can guarantee you I know exactly what you're talking about because I've seen that coverage. I've seen yeah. that piece of video, the 15 or 20 seconds where it's that intense. You're just like, this is not happening. This is not what a tornado does. This is something that's above and beyond what we would expect a tornado to do. Right. And and it's something that if you weren't seeing it with your own eyes, you right. wouldn't believe it. But even then, it's a video and it's still hard to believe. So I can't even imagine the different storm chasers that were out there following it and seeing it live. And then they stopped in these neighborhoods after it had leveled them, which you see some of that. Unbelievable. Nothing standing in these neighborhoods. Yeah. Nothing. Not a bathtub, not a chimney, nothing. Completely flat just busted up boards and bricks everywhere. It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you when I'm watching it and I'm watching May 20th, 2013, the streets that they're naming as it's coming through more is like 10 seconds South of where I'm living right now. And it is just crazy. It's just, and I'm just glad I have my safe room. I'm just glad I have my safe room. Exactly. I was going to say, I'm glad that you have your shelter. Um, But you know, it would be very interesting to talk to the people that chased 99 and then El Reno just to compare the two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know we, we lo- love that meme that, you know, El Reno was an EF five and, you know, NWS said, Oh no, it's a EF four. Well, right. That's still debated today. Yeah. It will be debated forever. Exactly. Yes. And I'm sure that there is going to be some grad student at Oklahoma in the next 10 years that finds a piece of radar data somewhere buried in the archive or they, you know, just stumble across it that, you know, maybe that rating changes, but we'll see. But you look at the technology and again, it's absolutely fantastic. You just don't, you know, 
from what we had in 1999 through you know current and again talk about game changing technology bonnie mm-hmm. how many of us had a cell phone in 1999 oh my gosh nobody right how many of us had a access to the radar on our phone in 1999 uh nobody right. and i i think about that all the time and i'm like oh my gosh all we could do was turn on the tv to see it all you need to like, do yeah absolutely Turn on the TV and watch, but even then you're just like, hold up here. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't check for yourself. You can't check if you're out at the store. You know what I mean? Like, you, it's just, that's just so so scary to me. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, don't take advantage of what we have right now. This phones and everything, it's huge. We are so lucky to have all this stuff. Right. Let's, let's go back and, you know, we're actually, this makes total sense for what's going to happen with us coming up in March, but let's look at the first, gosh, five minutes of Twister, five, 10 minutes of Twister. Okay. But let's fast Mm -hmm. forward to the part where Bill comes and sees the chasers again for the first time that storm season. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the size of the laptop they're carrying. The thing's a freaking brick. Okay. Right. On dial-up via uh, a mobile signal at, what, four, one, 14.1, you know, hertz a second. Um, You know, the line that they make to, that Joe makes, Uh, what, do you want to sketch the tornado? There's grass in the <laughs> autofocus. Okay. <laughs> hey, they're on a live chat with, you know, NSSL as they're dictating stuff. The precursor to now, what is NS, you know, NWS chat. Yeah. But they're on a phone and they're listening to meteorologists basically yell back and forth of things that they're seeing. Okay. They're looking at Mm -hmm. dew points of information that's not in real time. Their radar looks like garbage. (laughs) You know, it's just, you know, we kind of laugh at that now, but that's what, storm chasing was and what storm chasing has evolved from and i you know technology is an important part i think the the tv show uh the tv show storm chasers um when we go back and look at the changes that we had technology wise from the mid 2000s to where we are now plays a very important role in the fact that it showed that if you have real time technology it makes the chasing world safer mm-hmm. and I would argue even a little bit more dangerous just because you're now relying on technology versus, you know, maybe the true weather background of it. But Bonnie, we're driving cars into tornadoes and they're surviving to get the data. Yeah. That would not happen 20 years ago. No. Or flying drones into right. it or those rockets that Reed Timmer sends off, you know, right. Like, and we still don't know enough about it. And, you know, since we're talking about advancements in technology and stuff, I'd be very interested to see, because I've never looked it up, but I don't even know why, but I wonder what the forecast for May 3rd, 99 was, you know, three, four, five days prior, just because the outlooks weren't there back then, you know, the slight risk, moderate risk, whatever. So I would just be very interested to see what that looked like. And at that time I was going to be nine years old, six days later. So I was, right. I was really young and like not really watching TV and at least not the weather and not knowing what was going on. So but I do remember being in a closet that day, but we didn't really need to be, we were on the West sides of Oklahoma city. So it wasn't, we weren't really in the path, but Hey, better safe than sorry. But I would really like to see 
what that forecast looked like in the days leading up. I'm actually going to send a tweet off to uh, a guy I know, Evan Bentley, who works at SPC right now. And I'm just going to be like, hey, is there any way to pull up the forecast for May 3rd, 99, right? Yeah. Okay. For Oklahoma City. Yeah. Or for Oklahoma, I guess. But I want to point out that everybody says that's the more tornado, but please let's not forget that that started southwest of Newcastle and came up. And I feel like a lot of times that gets forgotten and Newcastle is always hit. It's hit by May 20th, 2013. You should look up those two paths overlapped. They are so close to each other. It's unreal. All right. Here's the forecast for May 3rd. There's a very good video um, from a former student of Steve Carano from Rose State College named Chance Coldiron. He was chasing for Coco TV. Okay. May 20th, <laughs> 2013. And he's in Newcastle watching that tornado form. And you you have to pull it up. It's something like, I think the name of the video is like the first 10 minutes of May 20th, 2013, something like that. But you really have to pull it up and watch how fast this tornado goes from a rope to a half mile wide wedge. Okay. It is so unbelievable. I will definitely have to do that for sure. Uh, Because you're right. I mean, that stuff is, (laughs) you know, it's scary to go back and watch, but it's also Mm -hmm. important to go back and watch because you understand history. You get a sense of what happened. Uh, You mentioned James Spann earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually mentioned my old boss, Teresa. After my boss, Teresa, left the radio station I was working for, me and another co-worker stepped in and ran the department until they hired her replacement. Well, that day I happened to be working out of her old office. That day was the day that the Tuscaloosa tornado went through. And I remember live streaming James Spann and his coverage was phenomenal. And you're just looking at this tornado go through a major metropolitan area, not to mention go, you know, basically through the campus. And you're just sitting there just like, there's no way this is happening right now. Right. And and, and that's the deal. The meteorologist is thinking the same thing. James oh yeah. Spann, David Payne, Gary England, they're all thinking that same thing. And they have to remain calm to get the information out. And so that's huge that's they are very talented yeah they are and i'm just i i was really blown away by just you know everything that i was seeing and it was you know i was awestruck and we knew that day that there was going to be probably a tornado outbreak we knew that day that there were going to be strong storms in the south and probably some long track tornadoes but the way that this thing just kept going and you got to remember the tuscaloosa tornado formed i want to say you know 40 or 50 or 60 miles away Mm -hmm. and made its way through and that to me again that just i have a very hard time wrapping my mind around you know a long track tornado and i again i most tornadoes that i've seen or dealt with personally are spot tornadoes they come down they churn up a field or they hit a building or a house and then they're gone. And I mean, the longest track tornado that I've ever seen, I think is four miles um, in Vancouver, Washington. But again, it was spotty. It would, you know, it would 
come down, do some damage, go back up, come down a little bit further away and just kind of repeat this pattern. But to be on the ground for 50 miles or 60 miles and consistently do damage the entire way, I, I just I, I have a very hard time processing that. Right. And I mean, it's the same here, even though we're kind of used to it, as sad as that is to say. But yeah, we it's the same thing. And a lot of times some of these longer track tornadoes don't get up to EF5 status and they are out in the middle of nowhere where they might hit like one house or one farm, which is still devastating. But when one comes through a very highly populated metropolitan area, heads straight for our Air Force, things like that, that's just... I don't even know how cleanup and recovery is, is, is even starts for something like right. that, you know? And I mean, it's just, it's just crazy how often we've experienced it. It is. It is insane. And I just, you know, like I said, I have a hard time sometimes wrapping my, my mind around it, but you know. It's... And so definitely go back and watch that old coverage. And Gary England was still broadcasting for May 20th, 2013 and the 31st of 2013. So if you want to see, I'm going to say it, a legend covering two serious tornado outbreaks, go and watch those two things. And yep. I mean, the videos are long, a couple hours long each, but very much worth it. Yeah, I, it's, it's something that I'm going to probably end up doing tomorrow on my other day off because... Hey, it's what we do, right? We yeah. we fire up storm coverage, and there's not a lot else happening. But let's do talk about what is happening right now in the South, Bonnie. Uh, we talked about our gosh, what was it last spring with all of the flooding that happened up and down the Mississippi River, and Bonnie, lo and behold, again the South is inundated with a lot of water. Well, they have been getting hit every week with serious storms through there, so that totally makes sense, and. Flooding is just as dangerous. We've been talking about tornadoes for the last 20 minutes, but flooding is just as dangerous and more deadly than tornadoes, I think. So I that's crazy that it's just happening again. Right. If you pull up in the Jackson, Mississippi um, National, Weather or National Weather Service Forecast Office page, weather.gov slash J-A-N, you will see it looks like it appears every major river has a flood warning on it. There's a flood statement out. We have flash flood warnings. In different areas. I know the Pearl River in Mississippi um, crested at 37 feet. Wow. Which is, you know, above major flood stage. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things that it's super sad. And it's not just happening in Mississippi. It's extending the length of the Mississippi River from Illinois through Kentucky and Missouri, Tennessee, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Uh, Alabama into Georgia, everybody in the South is affected by this. And, you know, the water is slow to recede. They're getting more storms coming through, but man, it's just like, can these guys catch a break? And as of right now, they can't. And it's really, it's sad. You know, you look at the live stream right now of the radar and it's, you know, it looks like a tailing end of a cold front. And this thing is basically training over the same area. And it's just not going away. Heavy showers have popped up again this afternoon over northern uh, portions of Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. The rain's not going anywhere anytime soon. And when it continually rains, the water doesn't have a chance to recede. The ground is already fully saturated. So you just have to maintain more flooding. So that's going to be the big weather story kind of going forward the next couple days again until this water recedes. 
Yeah, and they just haven't had a chance to dry out at all. So like you said, the ground is fully saturated and can't absorb any more moisture, so it has nowhere to go. So it's just staying where it is, you know, and that's that's an awful situation because you can't do anything. All you can do is just wait. Yep. There's And, the, and literally, you can't do anything. You can't put a, a truck out there with a plow on it and lay down some salt for the snow to melt. Right. You literally have to sandbag and protect because that's all you can do. But it is incredibly sad. It's incredibly devastating. Um, you know, people ask me occasionally, what's the worst type of weather? Or what's some weather you don't like? Flooding is it. Heavy yeah. rainfall into flooding. I am not a fan. Because I think, you know, you know, obviously we know that more lives are taken in flooding events, um, you know, when related to like hurricanes with storm surge and that. But I just I don't like water that is in places it shouldn't be. Right. Just not a fan. No. And and you can't control water. It's just so powerful, especially yep. when it's flowing and it doesn't take very it doesn't have to be very deep. For it to be too strong for you or for you inside of your car. And, you know, it's something we talk about pretty regularly on here and people just continue to drive into it. And I think that's another reason I don't like it is because there are preventable accidents and fatalities, but people are just impatient or ignorant and they just go ahead and and drive through that water anyways. You know, we we talk about turn around, don't drown. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a funny little rhyme, right? But it makes total sense. And I, me for one, I'm really tired of watching people drive through flooded streets. Yeah. Because it's not worth it, guys. It just is not worth it. Take a detour, detour, drive around. It's not worth you dying. Exactly. Or putting any rescuers at risk. Exactly. They aren't out there willingly. They're out there because of you. So just think about that next time you're going to drive around barricades or drive across a road you can't even see. Think about the other lives besides your own that you're putting at risk. It's very true. So, again, uh, our hearts go out to those in the south. We hope that you mm-hmm. guys can dry out soon. I know that the forecast doesn't look like that, but it will change. Give it a little bit of time. Hopefully the water recedes pretty quick. Um, but, man, I know that we're just getting into the spring season, which means more storms and more water. So, you know, right. knock on wood that they can get this taken care of quickly before we really get into the heavier stuff. Um, once we actually do roll into spring, but, uh, Bonnie, what do you guys have coming up in Oklahoma city weather-wise? Um, well, we are still in that pattern of, you know, a couple of days in the sixties near seventies. And then we get a cold front that drops us into the forties and thirties. So right now we're getting that cold front coming in. It's cooled down today. Um, tomorrow night into Thursday morning, we have a little chance of snow, but nothing, really significant probably just a dusting a little bit better chances of a little bit more snow up in far northwestern Oklahoma Um, and then after that we warm back up for the weekend then it looks like we cool down for the beginning of next week so we're literally in this roller coaster pattern and sometimes there's precipitation and sometimes there's not (laughs) (laughs) So, so so it's a weather grab bag shake it up and spit it out Basically. <laughs> gotcha. Um, well, out here in Portland, it's really random. We are, like I said, coming toward you know the start of spring and a winter. We are in a sunny pattern for the next couple days, and I'm kind of concerned about it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the sun this much in a long time, and but that I'm okay with. Um, <laughs> temperatures will be in the mid to upper 50s as we go out throughout the uh, rest of this week. Uh, east wind will kick up tomorrow through the gorge. High pressure uh, 
centers up east of the Cascade, which means the gorge wind will be blowing and it will keep it nice and warm during the day, but very cold at night. Uh, looks like we finally don't get back into a shower chance until Saturday, but then we get it into the fun forecast where the National Weather Service starts throwing out those fun elevations, Bonnie. Just like to te tease us. Chance of rain. The snow level hits 600 feet, lowering to 200 feet after midnight Sunday. Mostly cloudy with a low around 34. Monday, a chance of rain and snow showers. Snow level rising to 900 feet in the afternoon. Mostly cloudy with a high near 45. So we play that game. Oh, oh, so close, but yet no cigar. And I hate that. It makes that. me think of that game on... on the price is right. You know, that little yodeling yes. mountain climber guy, like yes. that's kind of what I think. And it's like, Oh, wherever he stops, that's where the snow's going to be. You know, that's yep. just what I think of. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll tell you that right, right now. That's not going to happen. So there's no yodeling guy that tells you where the snow is. No. Maybe you should be the yodeling guy that tells everybody where the snow is. Yeah. And then I can be lambasted on social media for being wrong. <laughs> right. That's because true. everybody in the weather community loves keyboard warriors yeah yeah well people are always braver behind a keyboard that is so very true so very true well we like i said we're looking forward to the start of march it's a national weather podcast month we're excited to be joining up with a lot of our friends from last year uh we have some cool stuff going on body we're gonna be doing a cool twitter giveaway so Ooh. yes you guys will be wanting to uh pay attention to that and once we uh, announce that, you'll have to listen to the show. You'll have to follow us on Twitter and Instagram because you'll get clues. And then at the end of the month of March, we'll give away a cool prize. So uh, there's your tease. You'll be wanting to listen to B Squared throughout the month of March, as, long, as well as the other podcasts that make up National uh, Weather Podcast Month. Yes, and March is probably my favorite month as far as podcasting goes. So just a couple more weeks and then weather podcasts unite. Yes, and uh, you will make a national debut on uh, Stormfront Freaks, so that's good. I'm so excited to go to that event. That's going to be so fun. I can't wait. It's also my birthday month and your birthday month. No, my mom's birthday month. Oh, mom. Uh, when's yours? May 9th. Oh, that's right, duh. Hello. Hi. <laughs> effort close yeah, i tried it starts with yeah. m may march it's all the same exactly they're basically the same month so it works literally forget april <laughs> let's go march into may i'm fine with that exactly Me and, too. Then, and we'll put april after may why because we I make like the that. rules yeah we make the exactly. rules exactly <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love it well bonnie another great edition of b squared your weekly weather podcast i am bobby in oregon I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys in just a couple days. Bye.